2: Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert, Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share.
3: Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. This is Rashawn McDonald. I am the host of MoneyMakingConversations.com. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Lead with your gifts, and don't let your age, friends, family, coworkers stop you from planning and living your dreams. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My Money Conversation.com guests this week are Grammy award-winning songwriter Jermaine Dupree, Dr. Holly Carter. She produced the hit movie Clark Sisters, The First Ladies of Gospel, John Hope Bryant, He's creating one million new black businesses and Jilly Moore discussing her new book, The Boss Babe Can Cookbook. Visit moneymakerconversation.com right now. I'm Rashawn McDonald. My interviews are free and they can change your life. My next guest knows a lot about planning and a lot about putting forth effort. My next guest is multi Grammy Award winning producer Jermaine Dupree. With over 400 million records sold to date, Dupree, a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame, is one of the most successful producers in the music industry. He is currently in the studio with Justin Timberlake and my man, Anthony Hamilton, working on their next project. In addition to his many TV ventures, Jermaine was one of the first hip-hop DJs to hold a five-year residency at the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. That's a bad hotel in Las Vegas. We have a lot to talk about, including Jermaine's being a vegan for 15 years and his partnership with the plant-based lifestyle platform, The Beat. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the founder of So So Deaf Recordings and Management, Jermaine Dupree. Yo, yo, thank uh,
0: you
3: for that great interview. It, it's so. Hey Jermaine, here's the sad point about it. I left out a lot. I left out a lot. Nah, that's a, that was amazing intro, thank you. I might hey, still send it to somebody else i do the next interview. I'll it, it <laughs> follow you around. I'll follow you around. From a little band. A little a little band follow you around, man. But you all deserve right, it, right, brother. Right. You deserve it, man. When I think about the music and the impact and the people you've impacted over years and, and being a cornerstone for the Atlanta music, just just just, just can you surmise did, what you expected when you got in it, and where you standing right now in your career?
0: Um, I mean, I I, I didn't expect a lot to happen. Um, yes, sir. I expected. I, I really just expected to exist, you know. Um. Mm-hmm. um and and I, that's all I really wanted to do was just exist and be in it, and um, just like any other young kid or whatever that you just want to be in it. You want to be um, all in it, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> um, and um, I think one thing led to the next that like just put me in a position where I saw right. the front of the line. I saw the front of the line being something that the, uh, uh, attainable. Right. right? The, the front of the line is attainable once I got in. And I'm like, if you put this much more work into it, you can get to the front of the line or you can get in the conversation with the people that's in the front of the line. And that's 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 what became my goal once I got in the game.
3: And well, you're definitely in the game and a leader in the game, when I when I talk about this has been an amazing year for us emotionally, physically, especially with COVID-19, emotionally dealing with COVID-19. And then you're in the music business and you see what happened to George Floyd. That emotion, where were you at emotionally with that whole aspect? And was that a responsibility to try to put something out there in the music world that can basically uh, say how you feel or how America feels at that point or feeling right now? Yeah, I think the key word that you use is responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked at both
0: the situation as a responsibility from um, the black community as well as the music community, as well as, um, every other community that's out there. I feel like we, as people, we have to take responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, it struck me in that, and in, in that's the core that it actually struck. What's, what responsibility am I going to take in this? Right. Um, uh, and it took me a minute to really figure it out. Like, should I say something? Do I want to be political? Do I want people to even think that I have, I have, I stayed away from that in my career. Right. And um, because because I felt like I wanted you to always believe that I was just in the middle mm-hmm. of, you know, politics, as you see now, it's got people where people find out who you voting for and they don't even like you no more. And it's Absolutely. Like it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be in that space. But mm-hmm. that's where I've always felt the energy. So I, I always kind of like I kept my comments politically to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a voting a person long as I've been voting as long as I could vote, but I never was open openly about what was going on. And this, this put me in a position where I felt like um, if I have made it to the front of that line that I right. was talking about prior, mm-hmm. and if I am one of these people that are in the conversation with the people at the front of the line, um, the people that I look up to that's at the front of the line, in their past, they have done things that soundtrack a time like this that we was going through. Mm-hmm. And I looked at myself and I looked at my other peers, Jonte, Brian Cox,
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh, people around me. And I was just like, we we are not acting like people at the front of the line. We acting like guys that's in the back of the line. Right. Still looking. For somebody at the front of the line to do something. Mm-hmm. So um, I just ask myself, if I'm really, do I feel like I'm at the front of the line? If I feel like I'm at the front of the line, then I got to do something. Right. Do I? Does it matter what the outcome of what it is that mm-hmm. you do? No. What matters is that you take that step yes. to show that you are at the front of the line. And this is what people on the front line should basically be doing.
3: It's, it's amazing that you you speak like that because it really is about taking a step. And this is not about you don't know what the results of that step may be, Jermaine, you know, but yeah. when you wake up, you want to know I did. And that's the key word. I did. I did something that was important to me, important to my family, important to my vision, because, again, I don't tell people who I vote for. I don't ask my employees to tell me who they are voted for. That's their decision. That doesn't mean they are wrong people. But like you said, Nowadays, it's so divisive, you know, you know, we're a Republican or you're a, a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, then you good. If you're a Republican, you stupid or you're or you could be considered a redneck or you consider deplorable like they were saying a long time ago when when Hillary Clinton was running for presidency. So it really isn't a point. But that's why I say music is so emotionally driven, Jermaine. It really yeah. puts you in a way, you know, especially with COVID, clubs being shut down, you know, Dance music is that? Is that a record that somebody wants to drop right now? Something that can get you bouncing, or do you stay with this, you know, this this slow motion music of saying a change is about to come? You know, doing Sam Cooke, doing a uh, Marvin Gaye. What is that? What is that beat right now? Because you're in studio with two very talented guys, Justin Timberlake and Anthony Hamilton, two guys who are just very different. That's what that's what speaks to your genius. But have a a voice that is very recognizable in this industry.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, you know, the beat—the beat is what you what. The beat is always what you want it to be. Yes, sir. You just you pay attention to what's going on just because of what's going on, just Mm -hmm. so you can be that person to know what's going on. But you, you as you as the driver of the ship, you have to dictate what what it is that people go to next, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Um, And you got to put. Your all and your belief into that movement, so that people pay attention to the belief. Like that's one thing that I think people don't understand. People pay attention more to belief than they pay attention to the actual action. Right. If you believe in your action, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that people believe in. That's what people pay attention to. I'm sorry, they pay attention to the belief. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like every time I put out an artist, whether it been Crisscross, The Brat, Escape, Jagged Edge, Bow Wow, whoever it is, mm-hmm. I. I think people pay attention to my belief. Mm -hmm. They paying attention to the way that I believe that these artists are going to achieve or or they're going to succeed. People might not be paying attention to the talent. So much. they believe that Jermaine believes in this artist really, really, he Mm -hmm. really believes in these kids. Mm -hmm. He really Mm -hmm. believes that they're going to be something. And people pay attention to that. Once you pay attention to the belief, once you get people paying attention to the belief, that's, that's what it is. So as far as steering, The beat and what it is, it's really like, you know, I could say this, though. I can say that the the industry and I feel like the world for me anyway, Mm -hmm. the world was ready for all of the young artists of the world to step up to the plate and make something, make a soundtrack for this era. Right. That's what I can say. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't you can't be in 2020. um, You can listen to Sam Cooke and you can listen to Marvin Gaye. Right. But. Those records weren't made for this time that we're in. Those records was made for a time that we don't live in. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be scared to make music for this time that we're in.
3: Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's sad that it sounds like it is made for this time. You know, It sounds like, you know, that's the sad part about it. Like I said, repeating history. Like I said, you know, like like I said, mother, mother, there are far too many of you crying. Brother, brother, there are far too many of you dying. That's Marvin Gaye's track. And that's his lyric. But when you look at what you do, you know, you're a songwriter. Remember the Songwriter Hall of Fame. And in in, in my world, they say that's mailbox money. Mailbox money means that the checks come while you're sleeping, if I'm not mistaken. Now COVID hit, live events shut down. How does that affect your career and the industry that you're in? When COVID hit, they say you have to shut down. Then they says open it back up. Now it's shutting back I mean, down I, again.
0: Well, you just spoke. You just spoke about it. And You're actually one of the first people that I've actually heard say that. You know, um, COVID hit, and that's where the attention went. The attention mm-hmm. went straight to my mailbox because right. that that's what I am. I'm a songwriter that's written songs that. Goes to the mailbox and picks up that, <laughs> that, that that mailbox check every every month or every whatever it comes. You know you mm-hmm. don't know you know you don't know how frequent it is. But if you write enough records and you write mm-hmm. enough hit records, mm-hmm. um, that check is is that check is definitely there, and it's mm-hmm. another one that comes right after that, and it's another one that comes right after that. And mm-hmm. I think for the first time in my career, this is the first time that I actually paid attention to that because I always was getting money so many multiple places. Right. Right. Multiple streets
3: of income. T- mm-hmm.
0: I paid attention to it, but I mean now it's like that's the focus. The focus is the focus of my life is the mailbox. And mm-hmm. the focus of my life is to create more music that I could put out in the world so that I can continue to keep walking to the
3: mailbox. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need Car Shield, Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable, and as low as $99 a month, no long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24/7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention Code Money M-O-N-E-Y, or visit CarShield.com and use Code Money, M-O-N-E-Y. N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. That's part of your legacy. You know, that's, that, like you said, that mailbox money is, uh, is something that black people aren't aware of, you know, because we are I was uh, Steve Harvey and I sit around, we used to call ourselves working wealthy. As long as we hit the stage, as long as we do a concert, as long as we're on this TV show, we're wealthy. Because physically, we're doing the job. But there are some advantages that you have. You have a skill set, Jermaine, where you are out there taking those god gift, those godly talents and writing music and producing. And how did that become such a gift for you? Because just dropping dimes down on young people out there who need to know, who want to be their version of Jermaine Dupri. What is it? Is it is it, is it, is it, is it getting connected? Is it relationships? Or what is it that makes Jermaine Dupri, Jermaine Dupri?
0: Um, understanding, I think you know. I, 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 I like I said, I, I called a bunch of people today.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of things going on in the industry today that I don't that I don't like, nor do I understand why it's happening. Right. And I called a couple of my friends at different labels to ask them questions about why I see these things happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I told them that I'm in school. Basically, mm-hmm. I told them, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm." I'm at home and I'm doing homeschool, right. and I need an answers. And they <laughs> thought it was a joke, you know, people mm-hmm. laughing. You man, but I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest about it because I, I, you know, I'm. We're in an era where the young people believe they know exactly what's going on, and they use the old people to get what they want, but they don't believe the old people know what they're talking about. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the era that we're in. But mm-hmm. then. The young people's results ain't nothing like the older people's results, right. and they need to get to. And, and the older people,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and the older people, are too scared to say something to the young people because it's gonna make them look like they old, mm-hmm. you
4: know?
3: mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. they're scared to say something to the young people because they don't want the young people to feel on a bad side. They want to stay on the good side of the young people,
3: right? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so I'm and I'm studying this. I'm watching, and that's basically what I've done my whole career. I just studied. I mm-hmm. watch, I study, I watch, mm-hmm. I learn, I ask questions. And I and, I, and I want to, I just want to see what, what, like, you know, let me hear your answer. Let right. me hear your answer. And right. I take each one of these answers and I come up with my own answer. You know and what okay. makes
3: you, what makes you special, Jermaine, hopefully you'll mind me complimenting you, that you're authentic. Okay. And you're topical. See, when you're authentic and you're topical, age doesn't matter. And you don't have to play that game that I'm younger than what I am. Because you're authentic and people come to top being the relevancy of being topical is very important because it means, you know, what's going on today. You know,
0: I mean, you know, with me, not to cut you off, I I think with me, the difference with the whole relevancy and young and all that is that when I started in this business. Nobody wanted to talk to me because I was so young. Right. right? When I started started in this business, people thought I was crazy Mm -hmm. because I was so young. Mm -hmm. So. As moving forward, I don't ever feel like I'm old. Mm -hmm. I don't ever feel Mm -hmm. like, I definitely don't feel like it's a younger person smarter than me. Right, Because Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, I had to go through I had to go through so much as a younger person to get older people to even have a conversation with me.
3: Right, right. Right.
0: So therefore, I listen to younger people because they have great ideas and young people have amazing ideas. But the execution of them ideas when you're young, you don't know how to do it. I mean, me as one, I was, I was, I had TLC and Crisscross at the same time, and I was young enough to have the artist, mm-hmm. but I was too young to know what to do with both of them at the same time.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they know, and believe me, you know I wasn't calling you old. I was, I was. Just no, 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 about-
0: no, 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 no. I know, <laughs> I know. No, I'm, just, I, I'm saying I'm glad you said it because, like, I don't, I never feel like that anyway. Those yeah. those things don't even mm-hmm. like. I think people think I think about it, but I don't because I always I I don't think people understand where I came from. When I first made Crisscross, Cross, I was 17 years old mm -hmm. Um, and for a 17 year old kid to produce a whole album on Mm -hmm. some kids that weren't even teenagers was the most unheard of thing in the music business ever at the time when I did it. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get nobody that was at the front of that line to even have a conversation with me. I had to find people that would. I had to find somebody that believed, like I said, that believed in my belief. Right. Put crisscross out, but the other people at the front of the line, they didn't. They didn't believe in what I was looking at.
3: You know, this is what I love about what when our conversation that we have. It sustainability, a sustaining sound. You know, and when I say that, when I when I listen to, if you listen to just just when you said crisscross, jump, jump came into my head. That beat still moves me. Still feel comfortable. Doesn't feel dated. The sounds of TLC does not feel dated. Feels like it comes on the radio go that moves me. That that has to be very proud. A moment of you that your music is has uh, stands the time, you know, because we all know, man, when when you like I say I mentioned uh, a Sam Cooke song. That song will 20 years from now. We are going to want to hear that song. 100 years from now. So when you look at your music, you know, how do you, doesn't that give you comfort to know that your, your music is still on the radio 20 years old, that it still has relevancy, it still moves people, people still get excited and the new generation gets excited about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, it gives you confidence, but it also gives me a headache because I'm to, <laughs> you also sitting and you, also sit here, you like, I, I don't, I don't know how I did it. Yes, you know, I yes. don't, I don't, I don't know how I achieve that with multiple artists, mm-hmm. but I know it is something that I have to learn and figure out in order right. to keep going. Right, so it's a good headache. Oh, that's a <laughs>
3: headache, Mr. Mailbox, Mr. Mailbox. But let's talk about two artists, Justin Timberlake <laughs> and Anthony Hamilton. That's a headache. They're two different talents. How do you yeah. work with two different talents like that? Well, Anthony Hamilton, I signed
0: him from the from the beginning, and I don't think people, a lot of people, don't know that I signed Anthony Hamilton. From the first time that y'all heard Anthony Hamilton, he came through so, so good. And um, I'm a fan. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Anthony Hamilton's music. I know exactly who he is mm-hmm. as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the most valuable piece in the Anthony Hamilton puzzle is his voice. Yes. And to make sure that people hear his voice Um, The way I heard his voice and Mm -hmm. they continue to hear his voice the way I heard it is the key. If I do anything else outside of that, I'm 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 killing myself. So it's actually easy because all you got to do is make amazing songs and let him sing them. Right.
4: Um, (laughs)
0: The the hard part is to get him to like the songs or get him to write the song. Right. Mm -hmm. Once you make once you make amazing songs, Mm -hmm. the Anthony Hamilton puzzle is a pretty easy puzzle to put
3: together. And Justin Timberlake.
0: Justin is is a little bit more. <laughs> is a little bit more <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sign him,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: he, you know, he's not my artist. And you have to become telepathical in a way to try to figure out if you're making what that person wants. And he told me what he wants, and you got to try to go in and studio and try to create that. And he, you know, he'll give you a head nod. He might not. Some things might not work um but um that's a little bit more difficult it's a much more challenging situation because he has other producers and you got to kind of fit into that bag
4: mm-hmm.
0: um so that's more like uh that's not as easy as anthony hamilton mm-hmm. um and then it's not as easy because people pay attention to it like you 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 said it i'm i'm not telling a lot of people that i'm working on justin's album because it's pressure if it don't work it's not good
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, and you know people are gonna be like oh Jermaine you messed up Justin's album or, you messed up Timberlake up <laughs> that,
3: well, the we won't say that Jermaine we won't say that that's
0: what it is it's a pressure so I, I you know I try to I, I just try to you know you gotta get to know the person though that's yes. what it is you gotta mm-hmm. get to know the person you gotta get to you gotta get a trust between the two of you mm-hmm. where he trusts that you are giving him your best and mm-hmm vice
3: versa. Let's talk about Mr. Mult- you missed the multiple streams of income. Let's talk about uh, this plant-based lifestyle platform that you entiled- you're tied into. 15 years you've been a vegan. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, and, and you're talking to the worst eater in the world, so help me out, Jermaine. Help me out. Help a brother out, okay? It's uh, called The Beat. Tell us about that and why were you involved in that? Yeah,
0: so, I mean, you know, I, I've been vegan for 15 years and it's 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 been a it's been a challenge to find places to find information mm-hmm. um, to know in different cities where I should go eat um, to just continue to educate myself. It's kind of been like, you know, you ask a question, you find somebody else to tell you something. And dah, 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 dah. But mm-hmm. there's never been a one standing space for this. And um, I was introduced to the beat not too long ago. And that and the mindset was to put everything on one site and if you're vegan and you're into getting vegan or whatever it is, you go here and you learn, you can get recipes about eating. You can find, you can find places to go eat in your city. You can hear interviews by people and my friends that I, that I interview that have turned vegan. Um, just so much information about being a vegan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and veganism as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt, it felt like the right thing for me to do right. as to come a partner of this site.
3: My man, I wanna appreciate you for coming on my show, Money Make Conversation. Uh this is my new studio I'm building now. I'm building out a big old video wall behind me here, Jermaine. Yeah, this I is see that, that is making me it's making me it's making me have to move
0: my screen around. I'm like, damn, we got a great little background. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, um, um, but I'm in Peachtree Corners here in Atlanta So when it gets better I want you to come by Let's sit down man Let's talk I, will, I, got a, I got a kitchen upstairs man We can make some You can you can make some vegan dishes for us Put it on camera But more importantly Thank you for taking the time And sharing those gems with my listeners And my viewers On Money Making Conversations thank you. Be careful now, all right? Brother. Okay cool Oh man thank you We'll be right back with more
2: From Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations Don't touch that dial
1: This report is brought to you by Humana if you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits?
5: A Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works Side by side, as I said, it, it kind of complements the VA healthcare. An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA health care should they use original Medicare or Medicare
3: Advantage, that's just not the case.
1: For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare.
3: Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life's goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads, the Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Dr. Ian Smith. Dr. Ian Smith states, people have to realize that dieting is not a sprint, it's a marathon. If you celebrate the small victories, you will eventually win the war. With the current climate of uncertainty that we are all facing during these pandemic times, Dr. Smith is now the solo host of the Dr for its 13th season and it's going to fill you with information that is going to change your life.
6: I work with the hope that even if one person can find a benefit or feel like what I've written and created has changed their life, if if it can impact even just one life, it makes me feel like all of the time and the effort and the dedication was well worth it.
3: The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is uh, Dr. Holly Carter. This 25-year veteran began her career in television casting, The First Prince of Bel-Air, Rock, and Martin, Ultimately expanding into content creation and brand development. Dr. Holly Carter runs a multi-platinum, multi-platform production and talent boutique partnership that creates content across all media. You hear me? All media. Under accompanying the umbrella, Carter's created oxygen breakout franchises. Most recently, the Lifetime Original, the Clark Sisters, Lord knows, setting records, the first ladies of gospel. I saw it three times. So I I I like to believe I contributed to the success with producing partners Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott, and Mary J. Blythe, which premiered as the highest rated original movie of 2020 on both broadcast and cable networks. Additional TV credits include Love and Listings, The Next Big Thing on BET, Chad Loves Michelle, and My Father's Daughter on Lifetime. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Oh, she's special. 25 years, I first saw her walk into the studio, me and Steve Harvey, with Usher. Look at her now. She's standing on her own two feet, don't have to ask nobody.
1: It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones.
3: but she understands faith has gotten here and she understands faith is going to stay with her until she calls, for till he calls her home for that homecoming. Please welcome to the show Dr. Holly Carter. How are you doing Ms. Carter? I'm well. How are you? Come on now. That is not the holly. Don't do me. I'm well. This is girl. You are on fire. Look at here. What is a first look deal with two with own? No, own. Oh, see, see, there are certain people you can have first look deals with. You know, this I ain't going to start knocking networks, but see, own two holiday gospel music specials, two unscripted projects. Girl, don't you still on this call with me and be, uh, uh, and be, uh, calm. That's not. Now, now, when you got that deal, okay. Well, you, were you like. Oh, really? So, can no. you can, can you get your audience, your fan base, how I really felt to get the deal? Because we all work for that, and I'm not saying that's the end of the road for you. Yes. But that's special. That's special. Yes.
7: It is special. It is special, and I was so, I felt so blessed, and I felt really excited. And you know what i what I realized I was doing a. Alive last Saturday morning with Kiara mm-hmm. uh, Sheard, and she had me on with her, her um her this team of young women that she mentors, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Tell us about your vision board." <laughs> and when I thought about it, I had put on my vision board, um, you know, the idea of Oprah and the network, just because I've had such a it's been such a inspiration to me to just watch the success of a black woman right Mm how creating Mm -hmm. a brand but i just put it up there just to have it as a point right Mm -hmm. and when i look back at it i'm like i put that on my vision board last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. and look at where it is i am this year so yeah it it was just very full circle i felt very blessed and Mm -hmm also incredibly humble.
3: Okay, cool. We're all money-making conversation. When when someone says a first-look deal, can you break it down to everybody exactly what that means? When you say two holiday gospel music specials and two unscripted. When you say unscripted, we're talking about docu-series, right? Reality shows, right?
7: Yes. Or documentaries. Yes. Um, doc docuseries, which is a reality um, mm-hmm. series, unscripted shows. Mm-hmm. And so um, the two holiday music specials, one is for christmas the other is for easter okay um so we'll have one coming out next year that's mm-hmm. an easter special which is really powerful mm-hmm. um and of course then the unscripted projects are really based on families mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. um you know uh, uh, format so it's right. you know really exciting
3: well you know the thing about it, the reason i i i, I bring it up because you know Everybody else used to get the deals. You know, you said, girl, how they get that deal? How he get that deal? Especially when they white, they get the deal. Now you're seeing all the black people getting the deals on Netflix and Fox. And, and then you finally get a deal. And like I said, when I am just letting everybody know who we're talking to, Dr. Holly Carter, you know, I, I first met her, uh, Steve Harvey and I was doing local radio in, uh, in LA, 92.3 to beat. And she brought usher in that first time I met her. But what I met was a person who had energy, a person who respected the process and a person who was a go getter. You know, I don't know. She's one of those people who you, you meet, you go, you don't know how she's going to be successful. but You know, toe the line with her. Hang on to her because success is going to come away because hard work never ran from your vocabulary, did it? Does it, Holly?
7: No, no. I believe in working hard. And and I will also say I'm probably. A bit of a micromanager only because I like to make sure things are done well and I like to make sure things are followed up on. And mm-hmm. so I get in the fray of the minutiae just to make sure it's delivery.
3: But you say that like that's a bad thing. You know, micromanage. Okay, let me tell you something. It's your career, it's your brand. You have the mm-hmm. right to micromanage because some people, here's the deal if anybody knows Holly Carter, I was—I this phrase: "There are 24 hours in the day. Learn to take advantage of each hour." That's Holly Carter. Okay, so so when she goes to bed, she actually wakes up thinking about what she's gonna do. I always tell people that's the only way you're gonna wake up. That's the only way you can wake up. I don't understand people who go, "I drug out of bed." Hey, hey, dude, that means you have you went to bed not even thinking about what you're gonna do when you get up. So, what is a typical day Holly for you nowadays? With this, I apologize. Let's go back. Let's go back to the first ladies of gospel. When that came out, and all that that love that you got, and that I told you so, that that the many years of putting it together. Let's go back to that before I move forward in the conversation because that was special. I saw it. I swear. I swear to you, I saw it three times. Okay. Wow. I saw it because I I got to interview the, the cast early, so I got to see it then. So I got to see it when it came on TV, and I got my wife and my family to see it again right? because it was done so well and it was a story about powerful women who have flaws, okay? And it was an honest story and then, but how does a story like that come about? Because it was a story that told flaws because you know, in the gospel community, one thing they do tend to hide is flaws. And this this movie was so receptive to me and millions of Americans because it was an honest story. Your conversation.
7: Well, I think what was important for me was to tell the truth of their, you know, journey. You mm-hmm. said it well, they were women of faith. Um, they were uh, pushed by a very strong, passionate um, and faithful mother.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, but at the same time, and they had a lot of love. Yes. At the same time, there um, certainly were areas of conflict. And because the conflict was so relatable mm-hmm. to National audiences. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be African American. You don't have to be a woman mm-hmm. of faith. You understood where what was going on. You understood that the mom was trying to fight for her children. Mm-hmm. You understood that the mom was fighting against a national organization to stay kind of you know um, traditional mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not you know uh, uh, expand out to other areas, and so. you, you, these were all relatable issues that came up. And so I was able to tell of the conflict. I was able to talk about family. I was able to talk about dreams and I was able to talk about faith.
2: We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial.
3: Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune, and now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable, and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and carshield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car Shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. And now that's really and you've always talked about faith, faith when you talk about the merge conferences. And that's why when there's a certain degree of authenticity, that's part of your brand. And so let's talk about those conferences and how it kind of like set the I set the groundwork. I like to believe for your for the model of how you do business today, because you had standards. You you hold me to those standards, Rashawn. You can't say that, and, and 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 and. But I would come there out of respect because of the fact that you had a voice and you were creating a voice that wasn't. You know, you know, you can make money in pop. You can make money in R and B. That gospel money kind of comes slow. You know, got to convince people to line up and participate. You know, sponsors don't exactly jump on board for you would think they would because it's all about feeling good. It's all about uplift. You, Inspirational. You think they line up. But that laid the groundwork for your credibility in all this. And when you start lining up these gospel projects that you're involved in, but then it also allows you to cross over to non-secular projects. A lot of people aren't, aren't walking that line like you're doing it right now. Talk about the merge projects.
7: Well, the merge was really um, uh, an idea God gave me over 12, probably over 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I sat on it for a while because I felt like it was too big of an undertaking. But the whole idea of it was to be able to cross, you know, faith and secular or faith and the commercial sectors together Mm -hmm. in an effort to merge opportunities. I wanted to bring opportunity to those who were sitting on the pews of the church who really wanted to connect with Hollywood but didn't have access. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of that that idea has kind of, you know, spun into the rest of what I do. I always want to bring faith and entertainment Mm -hmm. together, which Mm -hmm. is why most of the projects that I do are aspirationally driven, Mm -hmm. redemptive in nature, um, but at the same time, entertaining.
3: Well, very entertaining, and so when the number because when the numbers came in on the first ladies of gospel, there's always expectation. First of all, you want people to watch it, okay? That's the number one thing, you know. And so when the numbers came in, the way they came in, what was the groundswell around you and the Clark sisters' involvement?
7: Um, it was a huge gra- groundswell. I, you know, the the excitement around it, the the hype, the the fact that it touched so many people, and the fact that it, um, you know, it was uh, widely watched, mm-hmm. and um, it just it garnered so many other opportunities mm-hmm. because it was like you build it, they come, and right. when it was built and they came, others were like, oh. They come, they come here, <laughs> let's do this together, you know? So that's
3: kind of that's kind of what it was. Okay, all this excitement, you're on fire. The world's on fire. The numbers in place, COVID hits. Lord and mercy, nobody saw that coming. Shut us down. How did that impact you? And how did you deal from a family perspective and a professional perspective with COVID-19?
7: Um, you just make the adjustment. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think the whole pandemic has been an opportunity to reset, um, kind of to renew, uh, and to return to some of the things that we might have moved away from. Mm -hmm. Um, it certainly caused you to rethink, um, how to do life, how to do family Mm -hmm. and how to do business. And, um, you know, it is it is requ- the, the word said it's required of a steward to be found faithful. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I want to be found faithful in everything that presents itself. So that was just another challenge to say, you know, this is life. Now how are you gonna make the adjustment? Right. And while it was very, very difficult mm-hmm. for us as a as a country, mm-hmm. as a you know, as as Americans, mm-hmm. There was also something very intentional about it, in terms of returning us to our first love.
3: Right. And with that being said, you you know we have own specials, the holidays. We have Thanksgiving now, going into the Christmas holidays, and you have a holiday special coming up on own. Tell us how that got to that point, and tell us about it.
7: Uh, Well, after the success of the Clark sisters, Mm -hmm. um, that conversation happened at OWN. However, the conversation at OWN had happened a year prior, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the president was like, oh, this was already in my head because I remember sitting with her Mm -hmm. and her words, her last words were, we're going to work together. And uh, after the Clark sisters happened, it was like, and now it's time. <laughs> um, and so um, that's kind of how that came together. And then um, the two specials, the our own Christmas, which airs December 1st, mm-hmm. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern there Standard Time. And mm-hmm. then of course, uh, our own Easter, which mm-hmm. airs Easter holiday, um, mm-hmm. you know, going into Easter. So um, it's been wonderful. Doing gospel at OWN is has been awesome because they... Let me do what what we do. And wow. it's been a really great partnership. I mean, they're like, OK, you know this world. You go do it. Here are some of our notes. Mm-hmm. But other than that,
3: you Congratulations. Do Congratulations. Exactly OK, you're a big time producer. People come to you with projects. People got everybody got a good idea, a bad idea. Sometimes you got to hear the bad ideas to get to the good ideas. What do, I, what do you look for when people are pitching you projects? <laughs>
7: I look for things that are on brand with what I believe in and mm-hmm. what I want to put my name on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has to do with empowerment, uh, aspiration, mm-hmm. redemptive mm-hmm. uh, storytelling. Um, I'm you know, I'm really specific. There are things that I just will not do, and right. then there are things that I'm like, yes, this is me..
3: Mm-hmm. And what is what is that? okay we we've talked about the secular combining the secular and the gospel together. That's what merge was all about. Uh Now, now you're looking at you you, you, are you are you would you like to believe that you still have that perfect balance where you can be able to go either way and feel comfortable and still maintain credibility with your brand?
7: Yes, as long as I'm intentional about uh, when I go the other way. Mm -hmm. But but even when I go the other way, there (laughs) is still going to always have to be a a line, uh, you know, a thread of. What my beliefs are because, Mm -hmm. you know, I just couldn't do anything and then still stand by, you know, what has gotten me this far. And that and that for me is um, compromise. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, there are things that I am not willing to compromise Mm -hmm. in order to achieve a certain thing. If I can't achieve it by being true to what I believe and Mm -hmm. true to. Um, what I stand behind, then I, I don't do it.
3: Well, the g- great thing about what you're doing is now, you started out in casting, then you started out in talent management. Is that still on your horizon? Curating uh, talent, developing well, talent, managing talent? Well,
7: I still manage Kiara Shear. Mm-hmm. She's somewhat that's family to me, so I'll always be, I will always touch her career in some way. Mm-hmm. But in terms of other talent, I do talent partnerships. And those talent partnerships, um mm are strictly to curate content mm-hmm. around their brand and mm-hmm. create opportunities that, um, you know, further um, their brand in the marketplace. But but day to day management. No, I don't do that. And I I'm sure I won't be circling <laughs> back around.
3: <today. laughs> I, I think to get a little closer. I understand that feeling, young lady. I understand that. Well, she has a first look deal with own two holiday specials, one appearance. December first on own. The next coming in Easter break. I want to bring you back in Easter, Holly. Uh, excuse me, Doctor Holly Carter. Uh, proud of you. You know you look Thank fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, just keep winning and uh, keep your brand. I'm gonna keep supporting your brand and um, just watching you grow like this. And you know what really makes me feel good? Because I know how this business is one big hustle. And so you and and for you to sit up and you tell me own say, hey, you do what you do. To me, I know how powerful it is. I know we fight for that ability to to have that level of trust at that network level. And OWN is a powerful network, my friend. And you know that. And so for somebody to tell you that, I can only say I'm so proud that you, I, I was able to hear those words. And you told me, Rashawn, I have a network over here, by the way, that's owned by Oprah. And they tell me, do what I do. And guess mm-hmm. what? I'm going to keep doing it. And congratulations. Okay. Thank you. you. I
7: appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Okay, take care.
3: My next guest, John Hope Bryant, is the founder, chairman, and chief executive officer of Operation Hope, Inc., a global nonprofit headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, birthed just under three decades ago in response to the despair and destruction of the 1992 Los Angeles riots. Inspiration starts at home. We should all understand that at such an early age, the fact that his mother told him she loved him every day ensured that he didn't have a self-esteem problem, the fact that his dad was a business owner for 54 years, gave him a real example of being an entrepreneur. So through him, he had a sense of this. Yes, I am. And yes, I can. John Hope's Brian work has been recognized by five past U.S. presidents and has served as an advisor to three past sitting U.S. presidents. A mentor to many, Brian is dedicated to sharing his failures and successes in life and business to empower the next generation of entrepreneurs and world changers. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my friend, John Hope Brian.
6: Hey, hey, Rashawn, honor to be with you, man. (laughs) Thanks for doing what you do.
3: Well, thank you for getting on this call. So where are you at right now and what's at the top of the list in the middle of the pandemic for you?
6: I am uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, which I believe is the moral center mm-hmm. uh, for America. It's the moral capital for America. It's where uh, we got our, it's where the Civil War was uh, concluded, the March to the Sea, the battle for the March to the Sea. Uh, it's where uh, civil rights uh, for black people were, was born with the, the civil rights movement. Uh, it's where the largest population of black wealth is today. Uh, which uh, I think is the beginning of what I call the Silver Rights Movement. S I L V E R, a movement in the in the streets about economics, power, ownership, and opportunity that matches the movement in the streets, mm-hmm. which was about basic decency and dignity, respect, and access. Uh, so I I just think we're sitting in a moment in history, my man. Well, but I- we don't we don't see it for what it is at the moment.
3: Well, you know, when you talk about uh, black wealth, you know, uh, the Tulsa riots, I shouldn't say the riots, the massacre, when they had a black Wall Street in Tulsa, and um, and blacks were being um, stopped from uh, achieving success financially, socially, and uh, being recognized for their intelligence, their ability to be entrepreneurs. And that's what we're fighting today. We're fighting the message that we participate. How can we overcome the stigma that, you know, I want to have to say this. White America keeps trying to say black people don't participate.
6: Well, we got to get our minds right, my man. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do your show, and one of the one of the reasons I bought, I wrote the book. Uh, it's now a bestseller that came out a little under a month ago called "Up From Nothing: The Untold Story of How We All Succeed." It's all about mindset. So mm-hmm. let's go back from let's go back to the Tulsa example you gave. You know, I get frustrated with people saying. Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street, uh, because that's every street in White America. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing, you know. Tulsa, the the community, which was a devastation, which was horrible, which was which was humiliating, disgusting, uh, every negative thing you could think about what was done to us. But the aspiration that we achieved on that street, and it was just a just a few blocks. It was a community, a local community. That should be every community in America, not one middle place in Oklahoma that we point to from a hundred years ago. The fact is that 30 percent of black of white families pass down wealth from generation to generation. And, it's, and wealth creation has become a habit with our mainstream Caucasian friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the differentiation between making money and building wealth is everything. You know, making money you do from nine to five, building wealth is what you do from nine to five, at nine p.m. to five p.m. meeting. So you hustle, you you you, you earn your living from nine to five. Mm-hmm. You may have a part-time hustle from five to nine, but you actually build wealth in your sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> from, from nine to five, nine p.m. to five a.m., it's stocks, it's bonds, it's, it's business investment, it's entrepreneurship, it's education because it compounds in your sleep. It's compounding, it's rental income, You built wealth in your sleep. No one ever taught us this. We're, we're, we, as you already know, we are brilliant. When the rules are published in the playing field is level, we succeed. But it's what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us, but we think we know. And Ambassador Andrew Young, who was on that balcony with Dr. King when he was assassinated, my mentor and friend, said to live in a system of free enterprise and not to understand the rules of free enterprise just must be the very definition of slavery.
3: Wow. Let me let me ask you this, John. Again, thank you for coming on the show to discuss what we're talking about is uh, black entrepreneurs, black recognition, being being saying that we are we're good citizens. We we pay taxes. We want the same thing you want, you know, living in an environment where we can be safe, come home and nobody's broken in our homes. And as soon yep. that that message doesn't get resonated enough because it keeps being blindsided. But I'm going to go back a little bit. In 1990, I moved to Los Angeles from New York. In 1992, mm. I was actually living in um, L.A. I was uh, yep. doing a morning show on uh, Stephen Wonder's radio station on KGLA. Oh, 12. yeah.
6: 3. KGLA. <laughs> Rob McGrew, my, dear, my, my best friend, Rob McGrew. That's
3: what we doing. That's drive. Come on. That's my That's man. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so I got to drive down Crenshaw when it all was going down. And uh, that's where I first uh, encountered black people without a fear or trying to save their business, started saying uh, uh, this is a black owned business. This is a black owned business. This is the black owned business. Now that's 1982. We had a vivid video of a black man being beat several times by several police officers. And then 2020, we see a black man, eight minutes being strangled to death on video, same video.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: What I say that the the the, the city of um, Los Angeles was set on fire. The country, like whoa, yeah. military was sent in to shut it down. What do you think is making a difference today? Because white people didn't participate in any civil change, but now you see white people participating in civil change. And change can only happen if everybody recognizes there is a problem.
6: Yeah. So you've you've unpacked, as I would expect from from a <clears throat> a, a high frequency thinker like you. You unpack, you know, a 800 gorilla and a huge question, um, and I'll try to answer it succinctly. There's a question within a question within a question. Right. Uh, so in my in my book, I talk about, so life is 10% what life does to you, and 90% how you choose to respond to it. I put that in my book, I love leadership. So what's your response going to be? So let's just go back for a minute to the trauma, because we've been traumatized. We've been, uh, we've been abused uh, in this country as, as African-Americans. But my Jewish friends, were, as an example, were also likewise, not only abused, there was attempted extermination. A third of them were targeted for extermination by Hitler. But so, but they went into that, that battle with different tools than we had. They came out of that battle with different tools than we had. They decided to fight that battle with ownership, capitalism, economics. Uh, in fact, they were not allowed to own land in Europe. Jews weren't. So they created finance. <laughs> so they could finance the land and create portable wealth. Literally finances portable wealth, and they went in to that battle with five what I call five pillars of success. As much education as you can shove down your throat, understanding the math, economics, ownership, uh, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, all things you, you talk about, mm-hmm. family structure, and resiliency, mm-hmm. self-esteem, and confidence. As you know, those two things are different. Self-esteem is how you esteem yourself. Confidence is. Your competence and leaning it into the world, in role modeling, and environment, right? So they had those things tight going in, and they, and, and they had them tight coming out. But they decided to fight because Jews today are being stabbed and murdered and, and lynched around the world. But they decided to fight their fight with economics, ownership, and opportunity. In a, in a, in, a, in my opinion, uh, in an economic world, so that was the right response. Uh, and they've and they demanded. Not, you know, even <laughs> respect, you say earned it, whatever we've all earned respect. They demanded respect. Right. You you had poor whites who came here from Britain, uh, who came here at the same time as we did as indentured servants. Uh, and they're still poor today. No one taught them to be industrious, but they had the benefit of being white. The word white was a made up word, literally <laughs> the European Royal class. No, no one made this word up, but us in America. In a way to differentiate in the early 1600s, poor whites from their poor black brothers and sisters, so they wouldn't collaborate together. We don't have time for that story. We'll put that aside for a minute. So, African Americans, who, as you know, came here as geniuses of the land. That's why we were brought here from Africa because we were agricultural geniuses. We could plant, seed, soil, and grow uh, crops anywhere in the world. So we weren't dummies. We were geniuses. But when they got we got here, they dumbed us down. They stripped us of that self-esteem and that confidence. They demanded us. They, de- they demanded. They de- denied us the education. the The Freedmen's Bank of eighteen sixty five that Abraham Lincoln created to teach free slaves about money after the Civil War. He was killed the next month. The bank fell into disrepair, even though Frederick Douglass tried to run it. People don't even know Ruchan that that. That Frederick Douglass was a businessman; that he owned real estate in Baltimore, Maryland. They didn't think he was an abolitionist. Right. Um, and he and he put ten thousand dollars of his own money in that bank, but that bank failed. So no one taught us financial literacy. No one. Uh, our family structure was de- was destroyed. Our resiliency, as a result of that, was denied, uh, or, or shall I say it was never built. Self esteem in the toilet. Ro- confidence came from the wrong sort of things, which were things that blink, things that shine. Right. Uh, and, and role models were, were you know okay let's look at our role models the two areas we succeeded and I'll shut up here were really at scale the arts you know you work with Steve Harvey who fr- is also a friend the arts and professional sports why? the rules were published and the playing field was leveled so we killed it because the rules were published and the playing field was leveled but capitalism which is 99% 99.9% of the GDP of this country in the world that's left over, no one ever taught us that game. So you combine the five pillars we didn't get with the game that we don't understand. And you end up in a situation that you find. we find ourselves in where 100% of these in-place bl- black murders by police and unfortunate shootings were in 500 credit score neighborhoods. We have a check catcher next to a payday loan lender, next to a rent-to-own store, next to a title lender, next to a liquor store, next to a pawn shop,
3: It's a game. Don't throw
6: them And there's a church down the street trying Mm -hmm. to make you feel a little bit better once a week. I call that an unofficial psychologist because we won't admit that we cray cray. We won't go get real help. And and I think that if you're black today, before COVID 19, 70% of us would be clinically undiagnosed, depressed for good reason. So so COVID just just sort of took it, it either made you more resilient and you doubled down on the right mentality. I call it a winning mentality. We, you have that. You got a winning mentality, and you got a hunter's role. You, Rashawn, you Thanks. got that, and that's why you. That's why you continue to succeed. But most of our people have a surviving mentality, and an and, and an observer, a spectators role. That's the problem. Our, we've got to get our heads back in the game. We got to. It's, Malcolm X said, "We've been bamboozled. We've been tricked. We've been fooled." Right?
3: A hoodwink. Come on now,
6: <laughs> hoodwink. So that's why that's why I'm all about financial literacy at scale, uh, black ownership of businesses as a way to, to social justice at scale. Right. I'm all. I'm up, I'm up,
3: yeah, go ahead. So let me ask you this, John. You know, because yeah. what you're saying is absolutely correct. And what I wanted to get on, the additional response to you was that we had a video in '92 of Rodney King, and then we had the video of 2020 of George Floyd. George um, Floyd. Yeah. The The Nation re- saw the same video in
6: '92. Yeah. L.A. burned yep.
3: down. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bush sent in the military to shut down. The situation. And then move forward in 2020, people are, white people are reacting differently. Was it COVID being shut down, being a sin of being able to talk amongst each other, or society has become more interracial now? They're willing to be able to communicate honestly about the flaws of America. What made this movement different?
6: It's uh, fear. I'm having trouble. It's fear fear in their own house. What I mean by that. Is, uh, and by the way, there are a lot of uh, what I call, you know, very, very good uh, Caucasian collaborators and supporters out there that we should give them credit for. I mean, they they partnered with the Urban League. That was when they, the Urban League was created through blacks and whites. The uh, responsible whites partnered with the, uh, in the creation of the NAACP. Uh, responsible whites partnered in with blacks in, in the creation of Operation Hope and so many other organizations. So I want to make sure just sure that 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 statement is out there that this is not a white versus black conversation, but your question once again is very uh, insightful. And the answer is that they understand we're at the we're at the end of kicking this can down the road, that it's not going to hurt them if we don't we don't solve this. That in Europe you had the European families taken over when wealth got to one or two percent of concentration of all wealth. That's not sustainable. And they we, and so we before COVID and before the economic crisis and before the 40 euro social justice reckoning at uh, 2020, you had this this widening of the wealth and in, in income inequality gap. But you know it was it was five percent, it was ten percent, fifteen percent. But we now realize that every hundred years you have you have a a reset in this country. So you had the independence from Britain in seven, sort of circa 1760 to se circa seventeen sixty to circa seventeen seventy. Uh, let's be fair, say seventeen sixty five, seventeen seventy five. Then you had the civil rights movement, circa six eight, you know a hundred years later, right uh, sixteen, uh, 16 uh, sorry let's go sorry sorry the civil war. My bad, 1865, eighteen sixty five, eighteen so 1855, 1865. Then you had the civil rights movement, the 60s, 1960s, every hundred years. This one is early. This was early by 30 years. Everybody realized that the moment is pregnant. And what the question is, what are we going to give birth to? Is it chaos? Uh, to, to quote Dr. King, or is it community? His last book, where do we go from here? So anybody who's thinking right now, anybody who's thoughtful, anybody who has wealth and wants to keep it, Anybody who wants democracy and wants to sustain it is looking at a society that's coming across, coming, coming apart at the seams because hope is not equally distributed to all of God's children. We're not keeping the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, not even, not, not even by a liberal definition of that. It's not sustainable. So my, I tell my rich friends, my rich friends need my poor friends to do better if only to stay rich. Thank so you. There's, not, there's not enough police to save you if police have I'm sorry if people have lost hope so i think that is the short answer is that everybody understands that 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 you can take no pleasure from the fact that the hole in my my end
3: of our boat right cuz we are all going to sink I love it. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need Car CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No longer term contracts or commitment. Plus you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY M-O-N-E-Y or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's com code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I'm talking to John Hope Bryant, founder, chairman, chief executive officer of Operation Hope Incorporated. He came on the show to talk about one million new black businesses, a campaign. Tell us about it, John.
6: Yeah, so you, you got to have a solution that's bigger than the problems that we face. The Bible says, well, there is no vision, the people perish. You've got to have a solution bigger than the problems that we face. And so I drafted something called a new Marshall Plan, which people can go online and download. Uh, that's my vision for the resetting of this country. And to your point of what you preach on the show, it's about a hand up strategy, not a hand out strategy. It's about recognizing black folks as untapped GDP, gross domestic product, that discrimination, racism against blacks has cost this country $16 trillion with a T and lost GDP in the last 20 years. Citigroup report of two weeks ago, it also showed that if they just knocked it off right now. The country would gain another $5 trillion of GDP over the next five years. That's enough to pay off the <clears throat> CARE Act COVID-19 stimulus money. For the whole country so i'm looking at this this challenge through an economic lens i think that's the right lens to solve it to get everybody on deck and so if you have three million just under three million black businesses in america but 96 percent of them don't have an employee pause Mm -hmm. (laughs) i want people to think about that all right how could you get the care act money the PPP money, which was designed for employers who have employees with overhead, if you're working from home with no employees, you miss that boat altogether. It, it it struck me that we have no books and records. We've got no business manager. We've got no accountant, no CPA. We've got no proper banker. I don't mean the teller at the the, at the local bank branch. I mean, a private banker who knows who you are and cur- curates your
3: involvement. Yeah, welcomes PPP, you into the bank in front of that you can call on your cell you phone. The okay? <laughs> there you go. There you go. We we don't,
6: we, we're not, we, we, we're not building wealth. We're on a treadmill t- trying to get paid. Getting paid, getting some money, getting some paper, all that's these phrases that we use is winning the battle and losing the war. We need to be about building wealth. You can't build wealth without compounding. You can't compound without, uh, something other than you, in this case, employees, technology, infrastructure, systems. So I decided to not just complain about it, but try to do something about it. So we partnered together with Shopify, the second largest e-commerce retailer in the world, the largest company in Canada, and they committed $127 million at our Hope Global Forum last week, $127 million over 10 years to help Operation Hope stand up. 1 million new black businesses so people people can go to one They operating type they can type in the computer one mbb it's searchable now or go to uh, hope one org or operationhope.org and right now step into the new reality of business ownership for themselves and their children and their children's children the creation of well, I'm gonna get into what that all this means, but that's the backstory of what we're doing. And we're and and Shopify is not the only company involved. They just made that first major commitment. We're doing wraparound services, which include accountants who are giving us time bank commitments of two hours per businesses.
3: We know Lawyers, it's, it's really interesting that you're saying this because I remember in ninety two, I opened my comedy club. I just opened it, John. Okay, I didn't have an accountant in place. I didn't understand by human resources. I didn't even have job yeah. applications and I was hiring people. Okay. I had yeah. no system in place. And that's what you're talking about as far as being an entrepreneur. You have to document that you're an entrepreneur in order to be recognized as an entrepreneur. In, in order to get loans, you have to have separate bank accounts. In other words, if you have a personal bank account, you should need to open up a business bank account. This is how you become recognized as a business person. And I use that 92 yeah. as an example because just like you, I'm willing to tell people how I made mistakes in order to tell people how I recovered from those mistakes that I made. Nobody's yeah. perfect. As, a, as an entrepreneur, I don't care who you talk to. You talk to Bill Gates, you can talk to Warren Buffett. They've all made miscalculations on stock or miscalculations on business decisions. But we have to understand yeah. that that happens. But you have to have to understand that you have to have the infra- infrastructure in place in order to be respected, in order to be recognized as an actual business. And that's where black people in general get frustrated and they're quick to call racism. Because they're not given the same opportunity, but they're also not given the same opportunity because they don't have the right plan in place. And that's what you're talking now about.
6: Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So so is racism real? And this is, again, this is what I go I go through deep in my book, Up From Nothing, is it's a certain degree we're shooting ourselves in the foot now. Racism is absolutely real. Racism is like rain. It's either falling someplace or gathering. Okay. Right. Might as well get an umbrella in the color you like. And start scrolling through it because it's not going to change. But you, what, so you must. But why does our Nigerian black friends come here and kill it in three years? Why do our uh, Ethiopian black friends or our you know Jamaican black friends come here? They blacker than us. Right? <laughs> they come here and they and they in 3 years they own the whatever the little you know 3 3 uh, three uber cars they own a little and shop or whatever all get a because reputation as a
3: as a hard worker a person who's willing to hold yeah. down 15 jobs and that's what you was talking about earlier 9 to 5 mindset. 5 to 9 9 to 9 24 hours a right. day learn how to use each hour and that's where black people are not being being uh, not taking that mantle of accepting that you know we're willing to work hard to achieve our dreams where the mantle in the streets is that black people are lazy black people are always looking for handouts where when you say when you talk about Africans or you talk about Jamaican from the Caribbean or all these other people who look like us tend to come over here and accept they accept criticism they walk through that you can criticize me that's mm-hmm. not going to stop me from my dreams and that's all you're saying right now is that we have to
5: Sticky Notes Email Alerts A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.
8: Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat.
3: Visit NHTSA.gov
8: slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad
3: Council. Change the mindset and also be willing to say, that's not me. Let me show you who I am. That's right. Wow, John. Come on, man. Keep talking. You're preaching that. Not
6: not one one ounce of my self-worth and self-esteem depends on your acceptance of me. That's Quincy Jones. Is, is not what people call you. It's what you answer to that's important. Never ever answer out of your name. That's Doctor. M- that's uh, Doctor Cecil Chip Murray, First a b Church in Los Angeles. Uh, it, 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 life is not what life does to you. Is how you respond to it. That's me. Uh, I take no for vitamins. Okay, that's me. You know, an, an entrepreneur works eighteen hours a day to keep getting a job. That's me. You know. Uh, you know, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. That's me. The point is that you've got to have the right mental uh, uh, recruitment and right. mental attunement and mental and mental stamina and mental uh, and mental atti- att- 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 attunement.
4: Mm-hmm. You've
6: got to be tuned to succeed. So this <laughs> yeah. in the book, I talk I talk about this this uh, I make the story real quick. But this guy Mike Maples. I was saying, you know, he's one of the top 10 venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. Man, tell me about your story. Oh, nothing. He said, it was just a normal story. I said, I didn't ask you that. Tell me your story. He said, well, my dad, you know, worked at Microsoft. What did he do? Oh, he worked with Bill Gates. Okay, everybody worked at Bill Gates, technically. What did your dad do? So it gets around to the short version of the story. He was number three at Microsoft under Bill Gates. He was the president of products. So he's a big deal at Microsoft. So he's at home and he started a video game business at 13. At 16, he was fairly successful so he goes to his dad, and he says this. Hey, Dad, I think about selling this company to Disney. Now, uh, you and me, if we had a child or even a 50-year-old cousin who said that we would be, uh, Rushan, we would be applauding them, right? Right. We're gonna, Okay, they start this business. Gonna, they got the audacity to say you're going to sell it to Disney. So y- you and I in agreement. We'd be applauding that, correct? Right. Okay. The father said, I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> The father told Mike Meigs Jr., "I'm ashamed of you. We don't think like that in our household." And little Mike was, well, "What do you mean that?" He said, "Young man, in our household, we don't we don't follow the agenda. We set it. You're not going to use your company to be to 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 be sold to Disney. You're going to use your company to buy Disney
3: <laughs> mentality."
6: Now, now
3: the mental mentality. shift. Now,
6: Rashawn, now, now, it doesn't matter whether the kid was going to buy Disney or not. It's, it's irrelevant. The point is that now the kid thinks he can buy Disney.
3: Yes. Yes.
6: So the kid, so, so the kid grew up to be somebody who, who, who is now one of the top 10 venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, who's financing everybody else's dreams of people who believe they can buy Disney or build Disney. My point is, we've got to get our head. We, we've, been, we've been sucker punched, man, as a group of people. We are brilliant. We are amazing. Again, look at the arts and look at sports where we have that confidence, that self-esteem, we got all the tools, right? We kill it. We've we been killing it in F1 racing now. I mean, what, uh, NASCAR, F1 racing, tennis? I mean, we all in it, golf. Uh, but, but no one stopped to give us the rules of the game. And you're trying to unpack that I'm doing with the book Up From Nothing, The Work of Operation Hope, The Financial Coaching Sessions in 25 States, of Operation Hope, the, the work of One Million Black Business Initiative, the thought leadership of the, of the new Marshall Plan. I believe this is the third reconstruction right
3: now. Two things before I, before we wrap up here. Uh, one, I want to make a, a statement about how can people participate in the 1MBB? Because you can search it. It's, it's You can go on Google, just type it in. But I want to make a statement about when you said, his dad said, look, son, you should want to buy Disney. Cause you look at YouTube when they sold, they thought they were selling for a lot of money. But then you look at what YouTube yeah. is now. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. They, when they look back, they go, "Wow, okay." Why did and, I sell that? <laughs> okay, and, and, and you can even go to to the the selling of BET. That was a lot of money. But when you look at what it what when you look at what what the infrastructure of content, the infrastructure of streaming, how people are or how black content is resonating nationwide, the value of BET. It's phenomenal. Okay, so what he's saying makes sense. You can short. You you're just short selling your dream for a quick check. That check may have millions attached to it, a billions attached to it. But son or young lady, look at the future. When when uh, Bob Iger bought Marvel, I didn't I didn't see why he bought Marvel. Look at Marvel now, the biggest Mm -hmm. franchise. It's a universe. Now DC is trying to implement. You know, trying to trying to copy, I should say, what Marvel has accomplished with that franchise. So it's the visionary yep. part that we are lacking in the black community. We have to become visionaries, not just visionary in the church, because we got that locked. We got the, we got the Bible yeah. on lock. But from a business yeah. perspective, we don't have that on lock because we tend to pray too much and we tend to hope for opportunity instead of creating change. That's what you're talking about with your whole platform. Correct, John?
6: Well, I wanted to continue to pray, but I want us also to be, Dr. Dr. Dorothy Heights said, you need to be a dreamer with a shovel in your hand. And we've got to be as, as expert in the suites as we are in the streets. I mean, we're expert at protesting and marching. But that doesn't pay a bill. Right. Uh, being angry with your neighbor doesn't make you any wealthier. you right. got to move from the streets to the suite. So three years ago, we don't, we don't, we run out of time. I know three years ago, maybe I'll come back to your show. Three years ago. well, we, you I, got, you I, got, I got tested, First of all, John, John,
3: you got to come back because I knew nothing about the book. They, this interview was yeah. set up to talk about the one MBB. So I want, because end yeah. of the year, we're in November right now. So I want to bring back in December because I read every book that comes to me. And I'll be, I'll be buying your book to read it because I think that's a great book. For us to use to launch uh, launch a program of what 2021 should feel, be like for young entrepreneurs. But continue your thought.
6: Yeah, so I'd be happy to come back. But the 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 three years ago, uh, I decided for those who still didn't think that what I was saying applies to them. That, oh, John, you do that in the nonprofit sector. So Yeah, but I was an entrepreneur before I did. Okay, never mind. Let me just show you. Three years ago, I went and created a real estate company. It had no assets, zero. Today, it's the largest minority controlled institutional quality owner of single-family rental homes in America called the Promise Homes Company. I own $110 million worth of real estate. I didn't say $110,000. 110000000 <laughs> right. in three years with 5% of my time, because I spend most of my time on this, 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 this paying the rear and Operation Hope a profit which I love, uh, but I spend most of my time in the community. I, I built a $110 million portfolio in three years part-time of 700 rental homes and I'm renting it out to my people at, you know, affordable housing rates, $12 a month in rent. I'm building that. The point is what if everybody in this who's listening to your audio uh, podcasts, who's, who watch your, your videos, what if they decided to buy three homes over the next three years? One to rent, one to live in, two to buy, rehab, and rent, buy, rehab, and hold. Because they aren't growing any more land. Well, I first bought these homes. They're worth eighty million dollars. Then they're worth ninety million. Then uh, ninety. I didn't do anything special. Ninety-five million. Hundred million. They're now one hundred ten million. If I keep holding it, compounding interest, it's paying for itself. They're paying for themselves with rental income. The longer I hold it, the, the longer I keep from cashing out, trying to floss, the more wealth I create. So, uh, and the more wealth I create, the more contracts I can give to black. Forty-four oh, percent of of my uh, vendors are black. So, right. so landscapers, roofers, right. uh, lighting companies, uh, painting companies. Uh, uh, I, I mean, the, so the bigger I grow the portfolio, the more homes I buy, the more living wage jobs I can provide, the more contracts I can let to black-owned businesses. The more wealth you create.
3: Absolutely. How can one participate in the One MBB program, John?
6: They go to, they start by saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> you go to Operation Hope. Uh, you, you put that up, on the mirror. Put that, on,
3: put that mantra on your mirror. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because you got to start somewhere. And you have to believe that's, that's right. why you want to do it. Because a lot of people don't understand the amount of work that's tied. I always tell people, A 40 hour week job is just preparation for you to be an entrepreneur. So stop complaining about what a person is asking you to do 40 hours a week. Master it. And once you master it, then you can become an entrepreneur because you understand how to do business. And one, you understand what it means to be a professional.
6: Yep. And understand that nothing good comes easy. So there's going to be very tough days. You want to do this thing we're talking about here? Understand that love is work, non-love is laziness, and anti-love is evil. Evil exists, but it's very rare. Most people just don't want to do the work. So once you decide that you're willing to do the work of raising a child, of of being responsible in the job and the business, uh, owning your own business, whatever it is, being spiritually fit, whatever you're thinking, it takes work, then call us. We'll put you into, we'll make an investment in you when you make, when you make an investment in yourself, we're going to make, we'll make an investment in you. Uh, the investment that per business is equal to about $25,000 that we're investing in. So we're going to give you free, free 700 credit score counsel, free, uh, hope business in the box training to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner, free small business builder training, free coat financial coaching, free access to your credit score. Then you graduate from that program. Then Shopify is going to give you a free domain name search, free website securing, free website storefront, free, uh, payment systems from Shopify. Uh, free fulfillment systems help with, with with shipping systems. Get this one: you make your first sale, they'll give you a credit line wow. against the first sale. Wow! Yeah, it's serious. And we're got, and we now we got these professionals, these accountants and bankers and lawyers who are going to give you wraparound services. Somebody said to me, "What's the hitch? What's the catch? I don't get it." It's real simple. We've sold these companies on the vision that black folks are better than a consumer. We are a trillion-dollar consumer spending force. You know these numbers better than most. But why aren't we a $10 trillion economic ownership force? When you own that kind of wealth, you spend money, you, you're a vendor, You so versus an accountant giving you free services, in two years you'll be hiring that accountant, hiring that banker, hiring that insurance professional, and paying Shopify versus them giving you a hookup. So we, I've, I've sold these companies, and I'm going to sell more, that we are a good investment, not a handout factory. So you step into your dream, and if two years you're successful, you'll be paying for the various services that you're being vested with for free right now. That's my bet. That's my investment in you. And it's it's open to everybody in this country who wants to step in their dream and be a business owner. one M B B. hope hope1mbb.org.
3: Awesome. John, uh, um, my studio, uh, you know, I'm based in Atlanta. So when you come back in December, I'm going to invite you down to my studio. It's being built out right now, sure. be completed in two weeks. Be all video. Honor. Me and you, man. Two big head dudes trying to change the world. That's us, man. Me and you. Let's,
6: <laughs> let's do it. Let's, let's do it. it.
3: And thank you. And again, we'll be coming back. We're going to discuss that book. So I'm going to get the book. I'll be ready for that. And then we're going to talk out in detail how to be part and change your life for 2021. It's just perfect timing. Fourth quarter is when you start changing your life. We're going to set it, set the record straight in December when you come back with a live broadcast of you talking about all this program. And we can invite anybody else you want to be on the show, COVID safe. Everything I do at my building is COVID friendly and COVID safe from COVID fr- safe, friendly from the standpoint of you walk away feeling I'm comfortable saying. about the environment that you I'm walk into. Again, be safe, yeah. my man, John Hope Bryant. Thank you for coming on the show. Money making conversations. Peace, Peace
6: and light. God bless you.
3: Thanks Talk soon. All you do. righty, right. We'll be right back with more
2: from Rashawn McDonald and money making conversations. Don't touch that dial.
1: This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare
0: advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's
1: Veterans Channel.
0: How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits?
5: A Medicare Advantage plan can complement the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works side by side. As I said, it kind of complements the VA health care an individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA health care should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. That's just not the case.
1: For more information, visit Humana.com slash
4: Medicare.
3: Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversations.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of Black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is The Black Man Project. The Black Man Project founders are a filmmaker, Brian Ellison, a sculptor, Anthony Suber, and anthropologist, Marlon Hall. They travel the nation archiving the stories Black men tell of mask and life's meaning. They're rooted in creating safe spaces for healthy conversations while exploring the many nuances that affect men of color.
0: The need of, of these conversations and this project, it is something that has gone for so long uh, unnoticed. You know, a lot of us are, you know, suffering day to day and a lot of times, you know, we're moving without actually going anywhere. And so we're spinning our wheels In essence when we, we need to tap into that that inner self and be able to reflect and be emotionally healthy, really.
3: Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Jilly Moore. She is a musician, actor, dancer, model, fitness guru that scares me, and influencer. Jilly released her I release book, which means you know the social media, digital, all that good stuff. Her cookbook and lookbook, which is, you know, when I when I read that, I thought it was so fascinating. I never that is so millennial, so 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 fresh. The Boss Baking Cookbook. The Boss Babe King Cookbook on November twenty first. The cookbook doubles as a lookbook. It has forty five different recipes and forty five different pictures and looks. Plus, she's a social media influencer and has over half million YouTube subscribers. We'll be talking about the cookbook, upcoming music projects. She can sing. I already said that. She can dance. I already said that. She can act. I already said that. And being the CEO of her own company. Please work with the money making conversation. I'm gonna call her my friend, Jilly Moore.
9: <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm a
3: Houston. I'm a Houston, born and raised in Houston. Okay, what part of Houston are you living in right now? Or are you in yes. LA? Well, um, uh,
9: okay, so I am actually I currently live in Los Angeles,
3: California. Okay, okay born and yeah. raised in That's Houston. The ball move. That's the ball of conversation. You yes, currently, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's do it right, Jim. Let's do it right now. You're you Pearland. You know, I know about Pearland. pear-land. I go out,
4: there. yes, I'm
3: Pearland. Okay, great. That's part of Houston. <laughs> Paraland, one of the fastest growing subdivisions all Smith City is in the Houston market. That's where she's right. at. Okay. But she's balling it out in Los Angeles. That's where the career moves are happening. It's not happening That's in Houston. True. I'm not living in Houston either. I live in Houston. I got a home there, but I live in Atlanta. I've lived in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Now, where do you live in the area? Don't want them, don't want no, no no stalkers to find out about you. <laughs> what area of Los Angeles are you residing in, Jilly?
9: Glendale.
3: Glendale, okay. I am,
9: yeah. I'm not I'm not there right now. I actually just got back. Um I always come for the games here in Houston. But um now we said I, we
3: weren't gonna see right you blew it already. I said this interview, we weren't gonna say nothing about that quarterback <laughs> bar friend of yours. But up out your mouth, I always come back for the game. Why are you gonna do me like that? This is about you, oh, I'm letting
9: you know the only reason why my dad keeps popping up in the background is because I have business to handle with my book today. So I'm at my parents' house right now. So it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. So I'm explaining to you why I'm not currently in Glendale, California.
3: Okay, cool. Now, it has been a big shutdown, you know, the COVID hit everybody. No, and uh, and so how did that does that affected you because you 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 know, the social media, YouTube subscribers, you are uh, obviously a lot a lot of live productions you're participating in in 2020. It, but they all went away how did that impact you
9: you know by the grace of god i think um it kind of motivated me i don't think it impacted me um you know as much as it did impact some people but mm-hmm. of course some projects were put on a little bit more of a slow or back burner but it like uh it gave room for other projects to grow and expand right. so mm-hmm. Honestly, in the midst of it, COVID was a blessing in disguise for me. I got to spend a lot more undivided time with my family and my loved ones. And Mm -hmm. I became an author during 2020. So, I mean, 2020 treated me pretty well.
3: And and that's kind of, you know, I I can say the same thing. When it it hit in March, I'm going to just tell you, Jilly, I I didn't know how to react to it. You know, they're talking about because nobody knew about COVID-19. I don't think anybody still knows about it. The fact that they have a vaccine coming, we're all happy about that. I right. remember I went to Home Depot the first time I went out. I had my gloves. I had my parel uh, I didn't even have a mask at the time. I had like a ski mask. I kind of like pulled right, up over right. my face. <laughs> and so I came out of Home Depot. I didn't know if I should touch the door. I didn't know when to put the hands out. It was really it was a confusing time for me. How did you? How did it play out for you? Are, are you comfortable now? Did you develop a line of how you can participate in everyday life? How did that lay out for you, Jilly?
9: I mean, I've always been kind of like a germaphobe and a germ freak. So Mm -hmm. that kind of really only enhanced it. But I mean at the end of the day, you have to, you can't just be afraid of life. You can't be afraid of living. You know, I know at one point traveling was really, really scary, you know, going on planes and especially being in a tube where there you can't just let the window down or anything. Mm -hmm. But I mean at the end of the day you can't just be, you know, scared. You can't let COVID completely just stop you. You just can't. But I mean, don't get me wrong, my precautions are on a whole nother level. I am definitely, I have probably four hand sanitizers in my purse right now. (laughs) I have, I carry my mask. I have two Mask in my purse, mm-hmm. two in the car. Mm-hmm. You won't catch me like without it. You know that's just first and foremost.
3: Really, uh, because I just I, w- I went to LA uh, a week ago. It was my first time okay. officially flying since the COVID oh, since hit. COVID. Oh yeah, and so you know, uh, you know, so so I got on the plane. You know, had my mask. I had like I had like like four disposable masks. I mm-hmm. had a mask when I went through uh, you know TSA. Then I had a mask I used on the plane. Threw those away when I landed, right? And mm-hmm. then I had my other disposable mask, pull that bad boy out. So I went around L.A. all day. I, I was in and out in L.A. And then I got back on the plane, put my travel mask on, threw that bad boy away because I I, I like safety sorry. You know, I, and I will tell you this is that I was very comfortable just telling everybody, I know there's a big crisis right now, telling people not to travel, not to travel, not to travel. But I do believe and I have to say this, that we have to learn to live with this crisis and we can't Absolutely. shut down our lives and you
9: know of course being precaution like even when i am on the plane i for sure i take a few of my wipes that, yeah. my sanitizer wipes i wipe down i'm not playing i wipe down the armrest a little button to recline the thing i wipe down the front just in case somebody had like sneeze on the tv or whatever mm-hmm. i wipe that down i wipe down the little window slides where you pull it up and down i'm not playing mm-hmm. so i'm definitely like i said precaution is a little bit more up there <laughs> but
3: <laughs> i'm not playing now, the, the funny thing about you, Jilly, you come, you have a sense of person, of personality. You, you, you oh, sitcoms in your future because I see the word acting, I see <laughs> drum, because you're funny now. You, you have a, you have a sense of person, you have a personality that that, that pops off the screen. Cause, you know, yeah, they, you know, like, Kevin hey.
9: Hart, hit him up for me. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Because you have an edge, which which is a good edge, because when you're talking, you can be serious, but they come across as humorous. Because like when you talk, I wipe out they the button, side button, the look, I'm the little TV in front of you and all that. So what is the acting? What is the acting plan for you?
9: You know, um, in acting, I think right now, especially with COVID, a lot of things kind of not only got pushed back, but you have to realize with acting, it's a lot of physical contact. It's right. a lot of you know, like in your face. And that's one thing (laughs) that prior to all of this, I was really comfortable with. If I had to do like a scene of any sort or play that boyfriend-girlfriend role, I was very comfortable with. Now, I'm like, I'm not so sure. So like, you know, my music pushing that, this cookbook pushing that. I don't know if I want to be lovey-dovey in a scene right now with somebody because I don't know who you're going home to. Right there, that's right
3: there. Funny. See, right there, you are funny. You crazy, girl, you funny. So let's go over to the cookbooks. You know, there was something that popped out in COVID in 2020, you didn't have plans on cooking a cook, doing a cookbook in 2020, right. but you had time on your hands. Now, I'm the first, you know, because people always look at me. I'm a, I'm an award winning baker, and every time people look at me, you you baker, Sean, you can bake. They always question me. They always question whether or not I can bake. Okay, and I, I think it's Just go to my social media. Hey, you know, I have to tell my story. I get you hungry when you go to my social media. Now, me, little Miss Fitness Guru, little Miss Six Pack little miss you know do it busy little miss youtube subscriber little miss social media influencer then you're gonna drop a lookbook cookbook let's just stick with the cookbook because you got the lookbook part down. there ain't nobody gonna argue about that the lookbook you got let's go over to the cookbook side talk to me now jilly you my girl okay.
9: So with the cookbook, um, I mean, cooking has really just always been in my family. Mm-hmm. I am of Creole descent, My okay. all my family is from Louisiana. Okay. Um, my Creole brother, m- me and my mom are the only ones who are actually originally from Houston, born and right. raised. But um, I mean, it's always been my family. Growing up for the holidays, we had more food than people. Right. We literally mm-hmm. had triple the amount of food. Right. Um, my grandmother was always in the kitchen as well as my mom, even with my dad. My dad has his fair share of he's a really a baker my dad is a fire baker but he's even got into real like you like you Mm -hmm. um but he's got into like his oxtails and you know just making different stuff and so i just grew up in a family of chefs and you know really home chefs and um over quarantine I would cook a lot, like cook a lot. Did and you gain, weight? Did you gain weight during
3: quarantine? I did. I gained like 10 pounds. I, I've lost No, one. I actually but, did not mm-hmm. gain
9: weight in quarantine. Mm-hmm. No.
3: So you will too. Um, I
9: you think too is just like, mm-hmm. of course, a mixture of working out. And then I, even though like these meals, I think it's all in pro- uh, like proportion of what you okay. eat as well. So I can eat all this stuff, but granted, I'm not eating like. Three refill plates, you know, but I mean, <laughs> at the beginning of exactly, I'm not. But at the beginning of quarantine, um, I just started cooking and like playing with food. I would make boudin stuffed chicken. I would make um ra- uh, shrimp ravioli. Just stuff that was okay, just okay, stop
8: right muddy. there. Stop right there. <laughs> look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree.
3: Boudin. see oh you gonna get me mad you gonna get me mad because i can't get near you okay because boudin see you, you just can't throw out the word bootan oh.
9: and see the crazy thing is people don't even know what boudin is people don't know about gumbo and people don't know about this stuff so it's really amazing to like you know bring people into my culture my heritage mm-hmm.
3: So let's talk about the boudin now. The boudin now. See, boudin. I, do, I do dirty rice. Okay, I know about boudin. Like, so you know, I'm from the country a little bit. My parents used to they used to kill a hog, bring a hog home. Yeah. That, that <laughs> my hog grandmother
1: in. used to tell me about <laughs> those too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> hog when it when black people go around Why? a hog, a hog really should just start crying because everything <laughs> is edible. Everything is edible around a hog. So talk about you putting together this boudin. What is the process?
9: You know, okay, so for my booty and stuffed chicken, the crazy thing go. is I only did 45 recipes in here. So even a lot of the recipes now are going to be in cookbook number two. Oh. But um, even with the booty, and it's just like, I, you know how it's like in the little paper yeah. rice, yeah. Yeah, I slice yeah. it open, I take the rice part out, mush it all up. Um, in my chicken, after I season it, I put the dirty rice inside the chicken, and I roll it up, put a toothpick in there, um, drizzle some garlic butter, whatever <laughs> I'm putting on top of it, put it in the oven for a good 30 so minutes. And when I tell you...
3: <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, Jelly. So you, you add sophistication to the boudin. Oh, garlic oh. butter? Now, you know that ain't no that ain't no country. That ain't country. Well, I mean, it's country mixed with, like, modern day... That's what I'm saying. Like, That's you what i saying. That's the beauty of your book. Now, you're taking a little country, bringing it forward. Because, I, you know, when you say boudin, it's crackers and boudin. That's standard black folks talk oh, about of boudin. course. Of you course. Now, you ain't ate this garlic butters, drizzled it right there. Then she said, slid it in the oven. You scare me, girl. You scared me now. You, <laughs> try, you, you scared me over here now.
9: No, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal.
3: Absolutely. So you said, this is cookbook one. And this that cookbook talking- too. Now let's talk about your social media, which is phenomenal, you know, and I always tell people social media is interesting because, you know, people follow you because they either want to be like you or you emotionally give something to them that they feel they, they'll miss or you provide information. Why do you think you have such a strong social media fan base?
9: I mean, I just think me, my personality, I think people fell in love with who Jilly is. I feel like people fell in love with who Jilly Yen is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just throughout social media, I've showed a lot of my personality. I've let people into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, a little at times it was like a little bit personal as well, which is why I feel like my fan base connected to me so well. They have experienced, you know, journeys with me. They have gone through some ups and downs. They have gone through a little bit of backing away from Instagram and noticing that I hadn't posted in a while or noticing my absence and, you know, Mm -hmm. being concerned. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's when like you have a, a extreme fan base. It's just so awesome that, you know, people relate to it. People, um, got connected with me, you know, and it's been a few years now, but at the end of the day, it's just like so strong till this day. I mean, it never, you never really realize how much people support you until it comes to things like items you're selling. And with my cookbook, it was just so amazing because when I tell you the, the outpour of love, and then just to actually see it in sales was just like... So just honestly, mind blowing. It was really, really mind blowing. And I don't want to say like I was shocked, but sometimes you are shocked. You're shocked that people actually put in their credit card information to support you, you know. Right, so I think right. it was just such a blessing. And that was one of my most recent realizing moments of how my fan base, my social media, how impactful it is, you know, to my actual life.
3: Well, that's that, that's really interesting because of the fact that you opted to do, you know, digital. That format versus going to a a, rec- a, a book company like a Harper Collins or a Simon mm-hmm. Schuster. Now, is it any reason for that? Because you have the brand to be able to do that. You got the social media followers. You got the YouTube followers. So I'm sure any any major book company would want to publish your book. Any reason? I think um, that
9: you know I'm, I wasn't opposed to it, but I think I just wanted to do self publishing because you know, I think most people pay to have a brand like I do. Most people pay to have like an outreach or outlet like I do. So I think, you know, for me, just being able to self-publish my book and be the publisher of my book and put it out and not have to make a dollar off of a book that I've spent literally so much on, not only in the making, but my book is what, $30 and then only make a dollar from it. I just, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to receive all my profit. I wanted to, you know, really, I wanted this first book to be my baby. I want book companies and everyone just to really see what I can do on my own. So, you know, when a uh, cookbook slash lookbook number two comes out, I'm going to need that advance like way bigger. There
3: you go. See, <laughs> you know, because, well, I, first of all, I love talking to you, you know, because uh, I always tell people when when young people figure it out, you know you figured it out this is your brand you building it you are your ceo of your company what is your company and and you are an entrepreneur and so that's what excites me about talking to a person like you who is not about your looks it's about your brains it's driving your next step your next financial opportunity your next career move talk about your company and talk about your brain
9: absolutely so everything is jillianese i think my own um finding a brand that suited me was so easy because it's me. It's literally me. So Mm -hmm. Jillianese is my brand. Jillianese is my company and everything follows under that. And it just has several outlets. It's literally like a spider web. Jillianese is in the middle and it's music, it's dancing, it's acting, it's cookbook, it's lookbook, it's fashion, it's fitness, it's family. It's like never ending. And I think that's the most amazing thing because it all coincides with Jillianese. It's literally who I am. It's Who I am growing to be. So I think even when I did a project like this, I think my main focus was to let people know you know, I'm not a person who is a chef who's going to open up a restaurant next week. Like that is not my intent. My intent is literally every time I cook or post something on Instagram, people are like, oh my God, can you send this plate in the mail? Like, what is this recipe? Mm -hmm. And you know, I take. The feedback from people, people are like, well, how do you stay so fit? Well, I do work out. So here's me working out. Well, how do you also dance like this? Well, I mean, I was a dancer for 10 years of my life growing up, really 15 years of my life growing up. And it's just like everything coincides with my brand. It's literally who I am.
3: You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term Contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24/7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention Code Money M-O-N-E-Y, or visit CarShield.com and use Code Money M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield. Code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. When when you, when you talk about that, because it's really interesting. Because having you on my show, MoneyMakingConversation.com, dot com, one of the reasons because you know there are a lot of people who want to be jilly, okay? You know they're they're about your height, they're they're, they're attractive like you, they have hair and nice shape, and but you've crossed the line of Leaving your competitors behind and you have a plan for being successful in the future. What is the separating line? You know, because Kardashians separate themselves and you're saying, I'm mm-hmm. just being very really real with you. You are separating yourself. You know, you don't have a hit TV show on. You don't have a hit single out there, but you are growing and you're very popular and social media has made you a very viable media star. Because like mm-hmm. you said, you, you don't need to go on the radio to drop your book. You just dropped your book. And guess what? Right. Start dropping credit cards.
9: What is separating
3: you from your competition?
9: I think just honestly never dwelling and staring away from God's plan. I'm a big, big believer in my faith. And I just know that no matter what, whatever God has planned for me, it's unstoppable. I didn't know I would be putting out a book. I didn't know. I didn't. I couldn't tell you at the beginning of this year where this year would lead me. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of my faith. I I never grow weary. I never, you know, stop believing in God's plan for me. And I think that's the ultimate thing. I'm my biggest competition is myself. I just want to do better than I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to compete with anyone else. I don't even look in anybody else's direction. I am really big on congratulating my peers, supporting my peers. And I think, you know, as long as you are genuine, as long as, you know, at the end of the day, you could look at yourself in the mirror and know that everything you're doing is genuine. Your like your path is going to come. Your path is unstoppable.
3: Well, you are definitely unstoppable. You, on, your, on your bio came out, it said the six F's of Jilly. Okay. I'm assuming that's a brand, part of your brand. You sat down and said faith, family, food, fitness, fashion, and fun. I'm going to go to yes, each ma'am. one. Then, we are, then I want to go back to the cookbook. And, and want you to pull me through your favorite recipes. then we're going to close it out, Absolutely. all right? Okay, cool. Okay, okay, I'll okay the to six do. F's of Jilly, you know, born six, in yes. Paraland, now residing in Glendale, California. She's a star, not a star on the rise. She is a real star, social media star, YouTuber. She's a she's a dancer, a singer. She's an all around superstar. Jilly, <laughs> this is Rashawn McDonald, first time I'm interviewing you. I've noticed that uh, bio says the six F's of Jilly. Break that down, your yeah, faith, family, food, fitness, fashion, and fun. Let's start with faith.
9: Faith, I'm a big believer in my faith. You know, God comes first. God comes before it all. You know, without him, none of it's possible. And I don't just say that. I stand by that. I wake up every morning and I pray. I pray with my family. So twice a morning, once um, once I wake up, once again with my family, we have a group message where my dad sends us prayers every single morning, nonstop. Then again, once before I go to sleep. And, you know, just throughout the day, I just know that no matter what, without my faith without knowing who my God is, just none of this would be possible. And, you know, just always giving praise to the highest praise to the, you know, everything that I go through, everything through the good and bad. I just never stop saying thank you. I never not make time for that, you know? So I think with faith, it just has to do with growing up with my family who instilled that, you know, God is love. God is everything. So with, um, with God is love, I just know that no matter what, every success I owe it to him. So
3: that's where faith comes from. And now on the family side, it was talking about the recipes in the book, their generation. You know, because we, we talked about family a little bit in faith, but let's talk about family when it comes to the food and your whole life.
9: Family. You know, family when it comes to the food, as you can see in my cookbook, it's very incorporated with my family. My family is all throughout it. My family is literally, I want to see if I can just quickly I can even show you. Here's a picture right here with my dad. <laughs> this picture of like my mom and my grandmother. It's just, you know, family is a big part of my life. If you ever, you know, have seen me, here's my mom and my grandmother throughout it. Uh, my brother's in here somewhere just, I mean, people who watch me, people who have been following me all these years, they know that my family is my everything. You know, my family is literally all i have it's literally my mom my dad my brother mm-hmm. um and my grandmother it's us five and we have we're small but we're mighty we are small but we're mighty <laughs> and you know for me it's kind of it was second it's not even a really a thought it's just like my family's my everything i i don't even want to i don't know it's just so i don't even know like how to tell you nothing would be possible without my family. They're my backbones. They Mm -hmm. have me more than anybody in this world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of gets like emotional to talk about it, but my mom, my dad, my brother my grandmother, the way we support one another, the way we love one another. I just know that if everything were to go wrong in this world, their doors will always be open. And, you know, no matter what I can be my true self around them, they'll never judge me and they love me and support me through everything. So family is a very, you know, touchy, but, strong
3: subject to me cool let's i'm gonna combine two of the elves food and fitness you know food Food and fitness Mm -hmm. okay so with food food, yeah there you go Mm -hmm.
9: so with food and fitness you know in this cookbook there's a lot of like happy healthy (laughs) meal uh, not really healthy but happy (laughs) you know good gut-wrenching go. buttery <laughs> <laughs> buttery with salt mills uh, so i'm telling people abs are not included in this book there you go the, the body is not included you know mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm, uh-huh. and that's why i wanted to make sure i combine food and fitness because they're separate in your in your way you lay it out but you are dealing with a book that like you said uh that's grown folks' food in that book right there. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's 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 some real food up in there. You know, shrimp, the jumbo shrimp up in there, and looking oh, good yeah. in there. <laughs> and so now, the part of the book that really uh really made me really caught my eye was the lookbook part, the lookbook mm-hmm. cookbook. I maybe I maybe I missed something, but I've never seen that before, and it's so no, slick. Yeah. Talk about the fashion and the lookbook part.
9: I mean, here's even just one. This is like a Versace look with that I did. Um, I think it came second nature to me because, I mean, I love fashion. I love mm-hmm. style. I love, I feel like every day it's a fashion show. And, right. you know, for me, like I said, I'm not a person who just sits in the kitchen and just like cooks. And that's not what I do. Right. I'm not. 60 years old, putting out a cookbook and have 20 kids. And it's just all about recipes. I mean, I wanted it to be true to my brand, true to my image. And my image is I literally will be in the kitchen fully clothed like this <laughs> cooking dinner. And yes. that's what you're coming home to. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, to be a part of really who I am and I love fashion. So I was like, how can I really incorporate this to not only make it like a cookbook, but make it so true to me, yet so fun, yet so different that hasn't been done. And I'm a big person on doing things that haven't been done. I don't want to fit in, you know, I want to stand out always. And I think doing a cookbook, slash lookbook and having a different look for every single meal. It's never been done. And I just can't wait to see everyone who tries to copy it now.
3: Well, absolutely. It's, I'll tell you something its a first. Now, fun. I, I said that from the very beginning that you are a comedic actress, you know, uh, you have a sitcom skill. Of course, I would tell you, people can do drama, but being a funny person, being a sitcom, that's a, that's a talent. That's a skill set. What is this fun personality? And I, here, let me ask you this, because uh, a lot of times people see you on, on your social media. They see you on TV. They see this upbeat person. When do you shut it down? Because I always tell you, I always all the time, Steve Harvey or uh, Kevin Hart, they always think they should be funny all the time. They cannot be funny all the time. When do you shut it down? This, when does this fun person shut it down?
9: I don't think it ever shuts down. I think I'm just fine 24 seven. I think <laughs> I am just an awesome, delightful, always waking up in a great mood person. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, see, I'm just You're telling just you, sleeping. but I think You're it just comes fun. from my, <laughs> I think it comes from my family. <laughs> it comes again. It just plays, oh, it goes baby. again with my family. I, my family is, fun my family right. exudes fun you come around us there's never a dull moment and it really is never a dull moment I mean you know of course I'm human I get in my feelings sometimes too but around my family you better be in them feelings for two minutes or less because after a second everyone gonna be looking at you just crazy so I mean when I tell you just with my family you can't be in a bad mood for long you know um Fun is just our life. Fun is our lifestyle. Life is too short. We really, my mom and my dad have done a great job with just always saying, you know, you mm-hmm. don't stay mad for too long. You don't stay in a mad place for too long. Mm-hmm. You get over it. You get over it. You start something new. Every hour is a new hour. You know, just to be fun. Okay, have cool. fun in life. Well,
3: you are fun. You're you're fantastic. Now, a couple of things. You know, I'm put my I'm put my casting director, my manager hat on. Okay, if somebody offered you a cooking show, would you do it? I would. Okay, cool. Okay,
9: cool. I would make it my own. It wouldn't just be oh, your oh, ordinary oh, cooking no, you're show. no, you going to but... be in
3: there with the ugly apron. Okay, you're going <laughs> to be in there being Jilly. you will be in there cooking oh, like yeah, Jilly. Oh, so for God, sure, God. for God. sure. You're going to be real now. Ain't nobody messing with your your, your brand now. We're going to no. just the Jilly brand. Okay? No, sure. Now, okay, talk show. A panel or you want an individual? You Would you do a panel talk show?
9: I would do um, both. I would. I love having different opinions um, with other people. I love whenever there is a panel, if they're, you know, big and great co-stars, I think it's so amazing to have that different outlook, especially with women. I think it's such a great outlook to have, you know, different conversations with a panel of women and just different outlooks on life and different perspectives, as well as doing it individually. I mean, I can hold my own show, so I mean, of course.
3: I have no doubt. You know, your boy just asking for you know, just laying it out opportunities and things like that. Oh, absolutely, we love opportunities. Well, the th- I, I think that's your natural personality. You know, you're a go getter. You know, but you go getter with a plan, and that's what I absolutely. respect about what you're trying to do and what you're accomplishing in life. But more importantly, you came on money making conversation. We talked about the lookbook cookbook, the boss lady can cookbook. You can cook, my friend. I respect you for that. We will talk in the future. I want to make sure that you, I'm going to need some things from you, okay, when I I close this show, because I do want to get it over to you. Because in this business about relationships, and when I see somebody who's as talented as you, um, I just want to give you a shot.
9: Thank you. I, I appreciate like, that so much because you
3: work hard. No, no, I'm just telling some, Jilly. You're a hard worker. You know, you don't get what you're doing because you know what I like about. You? I have six sisters, and I have a 24 24 year old daughter. Okay, and I love the fact that she's my daughter, and I'm sure your father loves the fact that you're his daughter, Absolutely. and you represent a lot of great qualities that I would like my daughter to see uh, and, and embrace. And and she can't sing like you. She can't dance like you. She can't act, but she has a great fun personality like you. And she's an right. incredible academic student, uh, in game design. But more importantly, you are great, young lady, and don't Thank change, you. okay?
9: Thank you so much. Absolutely, I can't change. Can't.
3: Oh yeah, because she's fun in her sleep.
9: Woo. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Literally, I've been the same person for 24 years. I can't change now. All right.
3: Hey, Jilly, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, okay?
9: Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. If you want to
3: hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.
1: Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with Otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O T T E R.ai.
8: At ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide.